right, let's be honest. How many double dippers do we got in the house? Please do not sit at the same table with me. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for the life of Peter. Because the life of Peter, we know what to do when we double dip in our relationship with you, Father. Lord, we know how to bounce back. We know how to be resilient, Father. And Jesus, you prayed for Peter that, our, that his faith may not fail. Not that he wouldn't fail, just like we won't not fail in our lives. But Father, you prayed that his faith, and, and I believe that prayer was for us today. And so Father, when we fall, we have the ability to get back up. And when we fall again, we have the ability to get back up. So Father, let us learn from the life of Peter what to do in the double dip of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes we're really shocked at the double dip in our lives. We're totally off guard because we don't think that we could fall or be in a dip. We don't think we could get out of the dip. We don't think we would fall back into the dip once we got out of the dip, but yet we all double dip, amen? Have you ever come out of the dip and blown it again? Have you ever felt like a failure and a failure and a failure and a failure and a failure? Well, I mean where everything was going great and then something happened that caused you to topple all the way back down into the dip from where you climbed out of and now you're discouraged and then you don't understand how you went so being so strong in, in your faith in Jesus Christ, in your ministry, in your walk and somehow you got distracted. You think, how did my heart ever go in the wrong direction from the way that it was heading? And if you can relate to what I just said, then guess what? You're in good company today because Peter was one of the, those that was closest to Jesus, and yet he did that. Luke chapter 21, verse 31 through 34. Simon, Simon, or Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Notice that. So that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, so in other words, Jesus is saying, you know what, Peter, you're going to fail, and I've prayed for you, and if you repent and turn to me again, you will strengthen your brothers. Now look what Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something, before the rooster crows Tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Jesus, I'll go to prison. I'll even die for you. Man, he sounded so confident. He sounded so sure of himself. Because, see, he had come out of a dip three years earlier that we talked about last week. And aren't so many of us like that when we end up in that situation, that crisis that tragedy, God, oh, if, you, if you get me out of this, I'll, I'll serve you, I'll be all in. And then what happens a couple years later? Because I think most of us know, at least I know how Peter felt. 
Because a lot of times another dip's not even on my radar. Because when you're in a good place, it seems like nothing can stop you in your life. And so Jesus here drops a huge bomb informing Peter that before the rooster crows three times in the morning, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter says, no way does that happen. And we know after Jesus was arrested in the garden, the disciples were freaking out because it had come to the place where suddenly life was turning into chaotic. And we see that Jesus was taken away by the guards, and the Bible says that Peter was following at a distance. Peter was following at a distance. The first sign, I believe, that you're about to hit a dip or a double dip in your life is you start distancing yourself from the body of Christ. You start distancing yourself from serving. You stop, start distancing yourself from church. You start distancing yourself from those things that, that give you stability and foundation in your life. And, and then the word spreads fast and Peter is trying to hide his identity from other people and people begin to recognize him. And they said, hey, aren't you that Jesus follower? And, and he said three times, no, I, I don't know him. No, I, it's not there. And then we know that the rooster crowed. And those words that were still fresh in Jesus, or Peter's heart and mind that Jesus said suddenly came flooding back to his heart and his mind. And he remembered what Jesus said. He remembered what he said. And as much as he tried to get a foothold, he found the, the dirt that was beneath his feet begin crumbling a second time. And suddenly, what does he do? In John chapter 21, what does he do? After Jesus was crucified, in John 21, he said, you know what? I think I'm going to go fishing again. I'm going to go fishing again. And you know what's amazing is the other guys followed. The other guys followed. Peter had fallen into the dip. And he said, I'm going back to my old lifestyle because that's what I know. I don't know what else to do. Isn't it interesting that Peter, when he quit, he was just focusing on himself, but nobody quits alone. Nobody quits alone. Whatever decision you make in life, it affects other people's, not only yourself. But the question is, what if you got up one more time? What if you got up one more time? Look at Peter in John chapter 21. Let's get a little backstory in verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Sort of sounds like last week, doesn't it? And then at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was because they were distracted. He called out, and I love what Jesus said. Hey, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put off put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped onto the water, headed to shore, and the others stayed in the boat, and they pulled the fish in, and all those kind of things. 
But what I want you to see is what you do in the dips in your life or how you handle the double dip in your life, returning to that sin that you came out of, not only affects you, but it affects others. And how you respond is the key. So what will you do the next time that you hit a dip or a double dip? Because let me tell you, you're going to hit a double dip again. It's reality. But we pray for you, and Jesus prays that your faith won't fail you, that you will repent. And in John chapter 21, we see everybody's having breakfast with Jesus, and they were all coming out of the dip. In verses 15 through 20, Jesus begins to restore Peter and the other disciples, but he really begins to focus on Peter. And in verse 17, he begins to ask these questions. Peter, do you love me more than these? So there's the fishermen, probably the disciples. There's Peter. There's Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter replies in verse 17, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord. You know that I love you more than these. Remember the word these there, because it's very critical. We'll come back to that in a moment. But it's interesting because Jesus didn't take Peter at his word. He asked him the same questions several more times in a different context. And in essence, I believe Jesus was saying, Peter, I know you love me. Peter, I know that you'll love me when you take care of my sheep. Peter, I really know you've got it and you've bounced back out of the double dip when I know that you take care of my people. Now get that, when you take care of my people, because getting out of the dip or the double dip is not just about yourself, but it's what you do with it. Because God can, everybody say God can. God can rewrite your story. And God wants to rewrite your story because others need to read your story. The greatest experience and wisdom in life is not making the mistake that others made in life. That's what the Bible is. That's why we tell you, you don't want to make mistakes in life. Read the Bible, especially read Proverbs, and you won't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Or watch other people learn from our stories. It's all about the power of God's love and God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's acceptance and and God's restoration. And the context of this story, this is not a private conversation between Peter and Jesus, but it's in front of all the guys. And Peter is being told by Jesus, and Jesus is really getting the message out to the guys, and not only the guys that are there on the beach, but he's getting the message out to us. The way to get out of the dip is to get involved in other people's lives. If you really love me, Jesus said, then you'll love the people around you. Really love other people like you love me. If you really love me, you'll get involved with what I love. Don't miss that. Let me read a a letter that we got on the 29th of April, an email. 
Hey, Family Life Fellowship, thanks so much for the bag of hope. The clothing helped me immensely. I was released on April 11th and reported to the Department of Veteran Affairs Compensated Work Therapy Program in Kansas City. I started my job, a temp job at the VA hospital last Monday. It has been an overwhelming experience to readjust after 13 years of incarceration, but I'm taking it slowly. I'll keep you updated and have some pictures for you when I hear back from you. Catch this part. It has been a blessing to be a part of Family Life Fellowship. This guy was put into prison for manslaughter. He blacked out on PTSD, pushed his wife down the stairs, killed her. His family has nothing to do with him. And about seven or eight years ago, he contacted us. He sent letters out to 50-plus churches, he said, and said, we would like to be able to provide clothes and stuff like that for those guys that are veterans being released out of the Department of Corrections and going back into society to try to give them a little hope and, and whatever. Sean has never been to our church, feels a part of our church. But what was interesting is about seven, eight years ago, he had a dream to do this. And now, this many years later, he was, you saw the full fruition where he was being released, integrated back to society, and was able to experience the bag of hope. Why? Because of your giving. Because of your giving. Let me tell you, get involved in other people's lives. You may not always understand it. You may not always agree with it. You may not always, always get it, all those things. But you have to learn to get involved in other people's lives. This week, you know, this week we were able uh, to bless everybody at the pop-up on Tuesday. And thank you for your giving. We were able to, to bless hundreds of people with, with lots of stuff. And, and it was an amazing night, far exceeded our expectations. Tomorrow, we're sending 26 pallets on a semi-truck. Uh, down to a wake church in Las Vegas. They'll be taken into Brazil, Mexico, and Japan, as well as inner city Las Vegas. Uh, because of your giving, we're getting involved in other people's lives. Let me tell you, we won't even see the results of that till we get to heaven and somebody will say, hey, thank you for sending those work boots. Thank you for sending those bras. Thank you for sending that walker, that wheelchair, whatever it is that, that they were blessed by. But the whole key is what if you got up one more time? What if you got up one more time? Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. But look what he says here in verse 39. A second is equally important. This is the greatest commandment, but hold on, there's a second one that's just as equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself, the entire law, and all demands that the prophets are based on these two commandments. Everything that God asks us to do is birthed out of loving God and loving people. Everybody say, love God, love people. What state do we live in? What is the motto of our state? Show me. If Jesus was born in the USA, he would be from Missouri. And that's the correct way to say it, Missouri. 
It's not Missouri. There's no E on the end of Missouri. But look what James chapter 2 says. Show me. Show me. Man, if you're a Christian, Jesus says, show me. Or let's say James, because he wrote this. For what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? We gave away on Tuesday night. On Wednesday. On Thursday. On Friday. We gave away a ton of stuff. We're giving away 26 pallets tomorrow. And guess what's crazy? We got 74 pallets coming back in. <laughs> Give you an example. Monday, guy, homeless guy shows up. He said, I need a new pair of boots and, and a bicycle. Guess what? We gave him boots and we gave him a bicycle. And on Wednesday, two more bicycles, brand new, came back in. I, uh, look what it says. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Why did Jesus ask Peter three times in John 21, do you love me? Because if you start connecting the dots, he was setting the stage for something. Because notice, last week, we looked at the first miracle. And Jesus, the second time, purposely, I believe, performs the same net-breaking miracle. Hey, fished all night, catch anything? No, we didn't catch anything. Well, let's go back out. Net-breaking catch. Why? I believe. To remind Peter of his calling. Because the calling of God is without repentance. No matter what you did. I believe. To remind Peter. Peter. You didn't choose me. But I chose you. And I don't go back on my calling. I don't go back on my calling. Why the same miracle? To take Peter back. To where he first called him and he started following Jesus why the same miracle because he says hey Peter you messed up once and you know what you've messed up again but I'm calling you out of your double dip Jesus had just recreated the moment of Peter's calling when he and his buddies caught so many fish that they, the nets broke. And before they left their nets and followed Jesus. Now don't miss this. Jesus did both of these significant acts to let Peter and us know, I know you failed me. Vic, I know you failed me. But I still love you. And hey, Peter and Vic, still have a calling on your life and I want to restore you hey Vic and Peter I'm your source I'm your provider I'm your healer and hey Vic and Peter I can still use you 
and I can rewrite your story. And Jesus has called me and Peter out of the dip and back to a life of fulfilling purpose. So the question is, Peter's story, your story? Do you know what it's like to experience the double dip? The 50th time dip? The 100th dip? Have you ever been like Peter and myself and wanted to quit? Have you ever been like Peter and myself and said, man, I'm going to just bail on this Jesus thing? Have you ever been like me and Peter and said, you know what, man, I'm just, I'm just going to abandon the dream that God's given me to do what God's called me to do because of the failures in my life? But your failure doesn't have to be your final destination. Your, your failure doesn't have to be your grand finale. Ask Jesus to forgive you of that failure that's haunting you in your life and turn back to Jesus. It's called repentance. And follow him. The Bible says when we go back to the old life, it's like a dog returning to his vomit. And you know what's amazing is Jesus could have easily written me and Peter off. But instead he went to great lengths to, to remind us and convince us of our value. And that's what I want to do for you today. Allow Jesus to take you back and remind you he's here even though you failed. Guess what? He was there when you failed. Shame is not from God. God, yes, he wants you to deal with your failure. To confess it when you're in the dip. So you can be completely restored and reminded of your calling. And for many of us, our starting point with Jesus was that sweet moment when he entered our lives. And he transformed our lives. And we were so overwhelmed with his love, we promised that, Jesus, I'm going to follow you the rest of my, my life. But something happens. Just like David. David, a man after God's own heart, the Bible says, slept with his best friend's wife and then had him killed. Said, said, said Father, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and take not your spirit from me. For many of us, something happened. And we find ourselves distanced from him. And Jesus has used Peter today as an example, let you know, no matter how far you're from him, no matter how many times you've fallen in the dip or the double dip, he'll reach down with his love and grab your hand and pull you out of the miry clay and set you up on the rock with his love and his grace and his mercy. Whether it's the first dip, the second dip, the hundredth dip, Jesus still loves you and doesn't want you to keep sinning and making wrong choices to keep you away from him anymore. How many of y'all are glad God's given you a second chance, a fourth chance, a 50th chance, a million chance? But guess what? Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Each time God forgives you, the fourth time, the hundredth time, the millionth time, don't miss this. To God, it's always the second time. 
Don't miss that. It's not the hundredth time. It's the second time. It's the second chance, the second opportunity. Because when God gives you forgiveness and you ask for forgiveness from God, it's always the second chance because he forgot the last one. Listen to what the Bible says, Micah 7, 19. God says he will take our sin and cast it into the depths of the sea. Hebrews 8, 12. God remembers our sin no more once it is forgiven. So rest in his grace. Quit trying to catch it again by going fishing and serve him with a clear conscience. See, it goes back to the net. Peter, do you love me more than these? Everybody say these. See, the problem is we think Jesus was talking about the other guys on the beach. He wasn't. The these. The these. Amory, come on up. Jesus was not interested in starting another competition, comparing comparison contrast contest between the guys because that's what we naturally do peter do you love me more than these oh peter no you don't love me jesus more than catch what i'm saying what are the these the these is the fish the fish peter do you love me more than the fish because the first time after the record catch, Peter walked away from the fish. But what did Peter do? He went back to the fish. Peter left his fishing business to follow Jesus. Because in the second time, he fell in the double dip because he got distracted and he bailed out on Jesus. Peter left his calling to go back to fishing. Peter thought he was baiting the fish, but the fish were baiting him. So the question is, what are the fish in your life? So let me sort of explain how this altar call is going to go. I'm going to go through an altar call, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to come up for prayer. I'm going to share a story that happened last Sunday during worship service, at the end of worship service. And, and when I'm done with that second story, Amory's going to sing a song. And if you want prayer for anything, then you need to respond to the altar, and that's going to be the dismissal, okay? So she's going to sing a special, and that's your time, and we'll pray for you. But what are the fish in your life? What is luring you away from your calling? What is baiting you to bail? What is in the back of your mind that tries to get you to give up? It may not even seem necessarily bad in and of itself, but it's a distraction that is keeping Jesus from being number one in your life. Maybe it's a destructive pattern in your life. Maybe it could be the lure of an affair with someone that's not your spouse. Maybe it could be anger or bitterness that you're refusing to let go of. I don't know. But you and God knows. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And in this moment,
in this moment, you need to pause and say, Jesus, I love you more than these. I love you more than these. And with your heart, watch as he welcomes you out of the dip or the double dip and back into your calling and back into your loving arms and back into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. just pray that prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins for the first time, for the second time. But no more focus on the third, fourth, and fifth time. And Lord, let you be number one in my life again.